Blog Talk Radio. Another broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a broadcast where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Welcome to the March 11th, 2011 broadcast of the Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan. It's me and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello, Ed. How are you tonight? Very good. How about you? Fine, fine. Thank you. That's good. It's been a while, but we're uh, this is a special broadcast. Um, as our guest in a couple minutes is Brianna Finn, who is the owner of Mantino Insane Asylum's the Morgan Cottage. And and that tonight's broadcast is only a half hour long. So um let me quickly say what's coming up, okay? Sure, good idea. Okay. I'll be holding my Chicago Paranormal Night, May fourteenth at the Senator John Humphreys House in Orland Park. And Saturday, August twentieth, there will be a free that's free, Chicago Paranormal Meet and Greet at the historic haunted Chet's Melody, Melody Lounge, the location of Resurrection, Mary Sightings, and across the street from Resurrection Cemetery. These dates and many more can be found at ChicagoParanormalNights.com. Also scheduled are three paranormal nights I have booked at the Undisputed most haunted location in Illinois, and it is owned by our guest, Brianna Finn. Hello, Brianna. Are you there? Hey, I'm here. How you doing? You there? I'm doing yes, okay. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. So um, thank you for joining us tonight. And um, No problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, I was looking forward to I'm looking forward to a lot of things. Um <laughs> The location you own is Mantino's um, Insane Asylum or State Hospitals, the Morgan Cottage, okay? And um, first of all, I was, one of the things that really, now I just seen a picture um, on your Facebook page or the Morgan Cottage Facebook page of the actual layout, bird's eye view of the cottage. Tell the listener how tell the listeners how large how huge this place is. Uh the building itself is actually uh, approximately thirty two thousand square feet. I uh, know that when a lot of people see the first photos of it, they actually believe that it's a pretty small building. 
but the building mm-hmm. uh, back then they were almost H shaped, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. The building has four wards, a dining hall, four breezeways, and it has approximately 16 rooms aside aside from that. Yeah. So it's a huge building. It's not uh, it's not as small as it looks. Now, what was that building originally used for? I'm sorry, what was that again? What was that building originally used for? Just as part of the asylum or a residence or a wait? Yes, the uh, the building at the time, it housed people that were considered mentally insane. Um, they weren't considered incurably, if that makes sense. They thought that the patients who were admitted could possibly be cured through different treatments that they had at the hospital at the time, whether it be electroshock therapy, hydrotherapy, um, restraining devices, um, medications that they had at the time, which really weren't that much. The medications at the time primarily made patients um, kind of out of it. Um, They'd make them sleepy, disoriented, so they would not be considered a problem. My question, I was um, looking through some of the pictures or all the pictures that you had on the Facebook page. The, um, did I, is, am I right in saying that one of those pictures looked like a cage, like a wooden cage? You know, I, if if I'm thinking of the same photos that you're looking at, they the were probably, whites, yeah. yeah, they were probably the Utica cribs. Utica cribs back then, if um, people basically fell out of line, they had many different restraining systems. One uh, system that they used was the Utica crib. They would put a person in a Utica crib, and they would lock the top of it, and the person um, basically had to lay there. They really could not move. Um, They put them in there kind of as a way to keep them in control. Hmm. Yeah, it looked like it was only four feet tall. I mean, if you lay on your back, it'd only be about that, three feet in height. Yeah, um, yeah they were they yeah. were not that big. They weren't. But that was one of the restraining devices at the time that they used. Well, why did? What was your interest in buying this building or becoming the owner? You know, um, the thing with that building, and a lot of people that have been to the building will say this, is that uh, once you go there one time, for whatever reason, you feel very drawn to the building. Nobody can Mm -hmm. really quite explain what it is, and I was one of those people. But at the same time, too, with me, I was not just interested in the hauntings that are reported at the building, I was also very interested in the history. Um, I'm a very um, empathetic person, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of my primary goals, I said, you know, I would like to buy the building, and my biggest thing is that I would like to have uh, memorials for the patients. So for me, the building, it's more of remembering the patients than it is the doctors, the nurses, you know, and and I know a lot of people are opposed to that. They think it should be for everybody. But um, Mm -hmm. the patients, 
they had a real struggle there. And I think, too, if you um, go back to the letter that you received, that, right. you, that you posted, um, I think you you might be able to understand it a little bit more. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, especially the nurses, a lot of people that work there, they really didn't, to me at least, seem to care too much about the patients. And, and no, they really, they, they struggled, the patients. Yeah, I, I think it, you, you mentioned in the past that you did look at my webpage in there. And I think by reading the webpage that I have for there, and this, when I come there, will be the very first time actually in the building. Um, wow. I think you can see the sympathy I have for what the patients went through, okay? And the yeah. recent article I wrote, I actually pretty much said, you know, it's like the, if you go back to the Vietnam War, it's like the Vietnam Cong learned, you know, torture, you know, yeah. through what these people went through. Yeah. Because today, yeah. if you consider war crimes, you know, and... Um, I know you want to believe. You want to believe what these people went through. No, well, you know, most of the things that the people who were um, who went to Mantino for, um, most of them, what they or what they were diagnosed with, are completely treatable today. And mm-hmm. a perfect example of that, and, and it's actually on our website, is um, Jenny. Um, Jenny Polarski, she passed away I, um, a few years ago, but her story is really, you know, it, it's heartfelt. She had completed three years of college, okay, and mm-hmm. um, her major was in the sciences. She was very intelligent. She was in a dispute with her parents over where um, she should live. Her parents Mm -hmm. did not like her choice. They sent her to Mantino, and she basically became a uh, a test subject of Mantino. Um, Her doctors had written that she had no real signs of um, pathology, but it was believed that she may have had bouts with Manus, but nothing major. Mm -hmm. And um, Despite all of that, the doctors still put her through electroshock therapy, hydrochock therapy, insulin therapy, and they even gave her lobotomies. By the oh, time they had fin- yeah yeah by the time they were done with her, she was sent to the um, the Illinois State Guardian Service, and um, when people would even go into her room just to try and talk with her. She would put her head underneath the covers and she would not speak to them. She became afraid of people. Um, she just she had absolutely no interaction, period, with anybody. She It was like she hated people, she hated the world, she hated life. And that's what Mantino did to her. But before then, she was almost completely normal, just like you and I are. You know. There is, and, you um, know, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I had um, even, you know, the one thing that I had even heard, too, from uh, several people is that one of, the, um, one of the things that a lot of parents would do to their kids, even, you know, as I'm going into as early as the late 70s, is that when their kids would get out of line, parents would tell their kids, hey, if you don't, straighten up a little bit, I'm going to take you to Mantino. (laughs) 
And that was really, Grant, wasn't that a, just a giant farm community, really? There wasn't really too much going on in, in that no. neck of the woods, being that far from Chicago. No, not at all. That, you're right, Mantino. And even today, there are residences in there, but for the most part, farming. That's what Mantino is. It's, it's farming. It's a big farming community. Hmm. Well, that article that I um, that the woman sent me and I posted the letter, uh, she talked about that girl she met there. The same thing, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The girl was put there by the parents, and she played like she didn't understand English, and she felt that it was safer for her. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Than to pretend like she knew what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she just behaved. And you know. And, you know, from the stories that I've heard, that makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. <laughs> and it's unfortunate. Well, it really well, is. Well, people got to remember, I think um, up until maybe the 1980s or so, people, anybody could, you know, family member could have you committed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and uh, look at, you know, look at. The Kennedys, the one uh, daughter that basically, as you mentioned, about the one patient, the Kennedy uh, daughter, she they said she was as mouthy to the father. So when yeah. uh, um, kind of you know the father's when the mother went to Europe, he had her committed, the daughter, and they did yeah. lobotomies stuff on her, you know. Uh, who was that, Rose Kennedy or something? Yeah, something like I had heard and, about uh, this. It's it's awful when you think about, and, you know, even then it just seemed, even for those or for that time, it just seems almost hard to believe that, you know, people had that kind of mentality. And that's the only part where I kind of, I, I try not to fault the doctors and the nurses. It mm-hmm. seems almost that's what was acceptable at the time. But at the same time, it's like, couldn't they intervene and try something else? If, you know. It's basically, it's basically what they knew at the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah I, I've done some research on going back to Victorian times, you know, what they did in Europe and stuff. Um, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, we we become we become more humane in some ways medical field anyways yeah. mental field yeah. than what it was in the past yeah it's in hard this, to believe too when we live in a day and age where you know mental illness and depression are really very accepted and people try to fi- seek help for each other as opposed yeah. to this kind of shutting it away we don't want to know about it close the door or even using it as a punishment it's just criminal <laughs> Yep. Yep. And, and you know, too, oh. after they, there, there's one base of medication, and I can't think of the name of it offhand, but uh, when they came out with this medication, it, it's the base that they used for several different types that basically you can give to most patients who have a mental illness, and it helps them. And at the time that this medication came out, which was right around the time Mantino actually closed, too, um, but since they were able to give this medication to people and it 
help them in some way as long as they continue to take it, they started to decentralize um, these big mental health care centers like Mantino. And um, at the same time, my kind of mixed opinion, too, is that today they give that medication so much that it has to make you wonder, did this actually help the mental um, health field or did it kind of hamper it in ways because there's so many people now that have home treatments and these people are going out on the streets and they're committing crimes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's yeah. um there's a place in Tinley that's still a uh, um, mental hospital, I guess you could call it. Yeah, uh, I actually live right down the street from it. They oh, have yeah? Uh, the Tin- yeah they have the Tinley Park Mental Center. Most mm-hmm. of it is actually closed now. Um, right, what they right. have left of it are the are they're primarily children, and they're children that um, they know will never be able to really adapt to society. So mm-hmm. we're talking about kids though that mainly have like autism, you know, um, diseases such as that, where it would be fairly um, hard for them to get along with regular society. So that center actually does fairly well, and they do help their children. Um, I know that every year, you know, they have various parades throughout Tinley Park, and I've been to them. And mm-hmm. um, the mental center, which they actually call HOW, they um, they bring the kids to the parade. And they have the, the kids march in the parade, and they throw out candy, and they have a really good time. So... I think that what they're doing over there, it actually benefits the kids. So that one I do. I have to give kudos to them. They do very well over there. <laughs> Good, and I hope they're being watched, too. Um, Can you tell us a little I... bit about the hauntings that may, you may have been witness to there at the cottage? There, Oh, there have been, um, there have been several. Um, the ones that I've witnessed, um, I know every time I'm there, I'm usually poked. I know that that sounds goofy. Um, uh, when I was there in November, um, I organized a pretty big investigation. Um, I know a lot of people, they're under the impression that it was probably um, out of hand because of how many people were there. But I can honestly say that there were no more than 10 people in the building at the time, and they were at com- two completely different wings of the building. Um so you had five at each wing, and remember, the building is 32,000 square feet, so people were mm-hmm. spread pretty far apart. And um, at one point, we were walking through a breezeway, and it was me and my little group of four people, and um, as clear as a bell, my name was called out loud. Um, Marsha Mack from Chicago Paranormal Seekers, she was running video, and her video actually caught his voice calling my name out, and then uh, Jason Sullivan from Midwest Haunts and Ghost Hunting 101, he had an EVP recorder running. The EVP EVP recorder did not catch anything, but Marsha Mack's video did. So that's kind of weird, and we're still trying to figure out why she was able to catch it, but he wasn't. Um, So we, we caught that. And um, I know I was just there um, yesterday, actually, 
and um, I was there with Laura Redman, who is running Paranormal Kids Cancer, which is an event that we are hosting in September. Um, I was there with her and Jim Peter, who is our um, volunteer coordinator and our special projects coordinator. Um, and Laura Redman, she was poked in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I was poked in the head while we were there. So I, every time I've been there, something has happened. Um, we do have evidence on the website. We have some on the Facebook page. But the one thing that I can definitely promise about that building is that everybody who goes there, nine times out of ten, they are going to experience something. Well, you're going to be in for a treat because uh, <laughs> when I go to locations, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos, um, mm-hmm. my goal is to raise the spirits for the interact with the people and uh, for nobody can walk away with, you know, majority of people walk away with experiences and I love skeptics and that's one of the reasons we filled up like in 24 hours to two <laughs> dates. Um, yeah. yeah, and speaking of that, the date that we only have a few left over is September 10th. And they're eight hour night and um that's we only got a few openings left for that date. And if anybody's interested just go to Chicago Paranormal Nights dot com and uh it will be an experience and we'll we'll do my circle of energy at the end yeah. of the uh, night. So uh so I I you tell you the truth, I hope I make it through. Okay, um, because of what I pick up and everything. That's why I've got a couple friends I'm bringing with that know me very well. Well, so. you know what, Ed, I have to tell you, um, the, okay, the hallway leading to the mm-hmm. northwest of the building, mm-hmm. that is the one area where I have to say if you pick up anything, you'll probably pick something up there. Um, that is probably the area where people experience the most activity. And I know when I was just there two weeks ago, I was there with uh, with a guy that does um, our recordings, which is Brandon. Um, mm-hmm. we, it was me, him, and Steve. All three of us, we walked into the building, and immediately I had heard what sounded like scuffling from the back, almost like somebody was trying to hide in the building. And mm-hmm. I really thought that there was somebody in there. Cause you have to remember, my experience, except for my name being called, usually my experience is there is I've been poked somewhere. And mm-hmm. um, so I heard this noise. And um, after hearing it for the second time, I actually yelled out. I said, okay, if there's somebody in here, you need to come out. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of seconds later, I heard what sounded like a woman's voice. And I had mentioned that to Brandon. I said, did you just hear that? I said, it sounded like a girl just talked. And they actually looked at me like I was crazy at first. And then I heard it a second time. Well, when I heard it the second time, Brandon heard it too. And him and I just both kind of looked at each other like, okay, what's going on? So for a second time, I said, okay, whoever is in here, you need to come out. Because I'm funny about that, I don't like the element of surprise. Let's not scare each other. We're people. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so after that, you know, him and I, we just looked at each other and we walked back to that northwest wing. We walked in there. There was absolutely nobody around. 
and the only way that somebody could possibly get out, those doors were chained shut. There was nobody back there. Wow. Yeah. That's why I said every time I've been there, something has always happened. That's why I said, I mean, nine times out of ten, you know, when you have, you know, uh, for the the dates that you have scheduled, people Mm -hmm. will experience things. You know, I I would... I well, you know be... the yeah, two of the nights are full moon weekends, so that'll be uh, sweet too. Um, yeah. I've heard that there's a cemetery. The there is a cemetery. Bury the patient. Yes, um, my understanding about the cemetery is one of them is owned by the VA, so in order okay. to get back there, um, we would need permission from the VA. If we don't have permission from yeah. the VA, we could all be arrested. <laughs> yeah, trespassing. Okay. I was just wondering if it was near your location, your building. It's not so. that far. It's it's right across the street. Yeah, but so if it's really owned by the VA, we... Yeah, yeah it's exactly. VA, uh, but no. now, my understanding, and I don't know how true it is, is that there is supposedly a potter's field by the old water tower. How true that is, I do not know, but I have heard that, again, if you enter that area, you can get in trouble for that as well. So, in yeah. that part, I've See? never explored. No, I'm I'm a little too old for that kind of uh, stuff. Exactly. You know, maybe, uh, exactly. Maybe 30 exactly. years ago. Could have, you know. Exactly. <laughs> no. That's why I don't go near it. I'm like, they haven't given me permission, so I'm going to stay out. <laughs> That's why I never entered any of the Yeah. What in it? You can only just imagine that with that kind of scenario that you're dealing with, that there aren't people in places that they shouldn't be anyway. (laughs) Well, you know, you have to understand something, too, about Mantino. Mantino, a lot of the trespassers that enter the property in general, they are not there just to look. They're there to cause trouble. And I can't blame the VA. I cannot blame any group out there for not wanting anybody on their property. It's To me, it's, you know, if you would go there in complete good faith, I don't see why there would be any problem, but most people do not go there in good faith. Part of the reason why Morgan is in as bad of a condition as it is is because of the vandals that have gone there. You know, even mm-hmm. um, when I had that, you know, I had this big event there in November, and trespassers still went into the building. They did not care. And given the amount of people and cars that were out there, they knew that mm-hmm. something was going on, and they just they did not care that anybody was there and their kids. Well, you, you make know, no I, joke about it that you ain't going to put up with it, so... No, um, no, I'm, I'm not, yeah. and, yeah. you know, I, right now, you know, I have, um, Kink, I, I have been receiving cooperation from Kankakee County. Um, mm-hmm. Kankakee County, they have a jurisdiction over that area, so I, I've become very good friends <laughs> with the oh, sheriff's okay. department, unfortunately, and it's, you know, I didn't want to have to take that measure, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if you would have just came to the building and looked at it, took the pictures that you wanted to, and you would have mm. been peaceful about it, I would not care. 
but you're not yeah. going there for that. <laughs> so right, it's right. unfortunate, and it's you know, and then people are mad that um, that we're charging fees for investigations, and it's like to me, you know, all of the money that we are receiving. None of it is going to any person. It's going directly right. back to the building. We're working, you know, for absolutely well, nothing. We're not getting paid. Money is actually coming out of our pocket for this. And it's to repair left. the changes that the trespassers have caused. Yeah. Let me say, too, with the fee you're charging, mm-hmm. it's lower than a lot of places. i got to say oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Because it's, what it's your place is, bucks lower. <laughs> what your place is, like I said, it is. I know it just by what went on in there. Period. Yeah. It has to yeah. be the undisputed most haunted place in Illinois. Okay, that and was- that's why I want to get in there. That's why I've had the web page from what was it, 2004, about you know, yeah. stuff that went on in there. And we got 50 seconds left. I would like to thank you for being on, Brianna. And, um, Brianna. Oh, and, and hopefully this gives you uh, give a fast website, will you? Do you have one that you can tell the yeah. individual? The, uh, the website, it sounds or it's spelled just like it sounds, uh, mysteriousmidwestparanormal.com, and it will change in another two months. Okay, and... Um, Jim Peter put it on. He put it on yeah. the uh, on the chat board. That's cool. Um, thank you again for being on, listeners. If you're interested, like I said, there's only a couple openings left. ChicagoParanormalNights.com. That's in September. Annette, thank you. And okay. Brianne, Brianna, we'll talk in a couple days. Listeners, yeah. thank you very much. Take care. You have thank a good you for night, coming guys. on. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye.